0: The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
1: Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on what day is it? Thursday. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday. We've got a jam-packed show coming your way. We've got a lot of folks to talk to and a lot of things to talk about here on play-by-play. And we certainly hope everybody's excited for what's ahead. We've got, let's see, we start off today with Shane Trosclair, Thibodeau High School baseball coach at 1145. He's going to talk with us about Thibodeau's 2022 baseball season, and also we'll break down Thibodeau's 2023 baseball season, and then, which will start with a summer schedule, which actually Thibodeau is coming down the bay today. They're taking on the Bayou Boys or whatever the heck they're called these days. I'll get the, I think it's the GIS Bayou Boys or something of the sort. They'll be taking on the South Lafourche-led Swampland team today at six o'clock out in Galliano. We'll have Shane on in about 10 or so minutes to talk to us about that. Then, we've got Darian Jenkins, who's going to be joining us at noon. She's the South Lafouche women's basketball coach. Whole new cast of characters. They had a big senior group, but I saw they actually won their first summer game. So, we'll ask Coach uh, Jenkins about her new crew and some of the things she's most excited about. Then, at 12-15, uh, we're going to have Nichols golf coach James Schilling. And the reason why we want to have Coach Schilling on, of course, is to talk about his team at Nichols. But, there's so much madness going on around the world of golf. Like there's a rival tour starting and Dustin Johnson and Charles Swartzel and Kevin Na and all these guys are going off and are playing. And the PGA tour is releasing statements saying, Oh, if you go play over there, you're not welcome to play here anymore. And like just so much madness. We've never seen anything like this in the sport. We're going to actually go shilling his thoughts on it because it's such a unique time in the sport. And then of course we're going to go over some headlines and, Kind of break down the Hattiesburg Regional a little bit. LSU's playing in a regional out in Hattiesburg. That begins tomorrow. Tigers are going to be taking on Kennesaw State. Southern Miss and Army are also there. LSU's got to win, what, figure, three, four games, depending on how the bracket goes, to punch a ticket to the Super Regional round. I think the Tigers are going to be ready to roll this weekend, and I'll give my thoughts on the regional at the bottom of the show. Then we've also got betting picks here. To wrap everything up here on this Thursday edition of Play by Play, before we dive into another football schedule, I want to thank all of our sponsors for allowing us to be here today as the Blue Boot Rodeo. The 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo will be held July 7th through 9th at the Grand Ole Marina located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. Also Southland Dodge and Homa. How about industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs? What about Rouse's Markets? Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Seven days a week at Rouse's Markets, tastes like home. And also Buzz Off, the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. And then Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafourche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. If you want to join our team, give us a ring. The more sponsors, the merrier. Your sponsorship of our program is what allows us to continue to give you know, some light to the kids. Man, that's why we do what we do. We give spotlight to the wonderful young student-athletes in our area who are grinding their gears, busting their tails, doing everything that they can to better themselves. That's why we do the show, to shine light and give recognition to those men and women and continue to promote those amazing efforts with which they give on their respective sports. Let's start and give another playing schedule, right? We've been given kind of a schedule or two a day for our local high school football teams. I think I, not not I think, I know I gave you a Vanderbilt schedule yesterday and we talked about the ins and outs and the, you know, all the fine details in between. Today we're going to give you HL Bourgeois, right? HL Bourgeois was kind of a weird team last year. They were a team that, you know, didn't have a whole lot of expectations going into the year. Then the storm hits, and then their coach decides right before the season starts, like, "Hey, man, I had damages that were too severe. I'm out. I got to move out of the air. I'm resigning." Which, hey, you know, that's understandable, right? You know, if life circumstances happen, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So then, at that point, everybody's like, oh, "These guys are going to be real bad." But they never got the memo because Hl Bouchard from the opening snap of last season was very competitive. They opened up the year last year defeating Terrebonne, which was kind of like a, a statement made right away, like, hey, these guys are, are ready to go. Then they fall to Destrehan, but then they beat e. St. John and Thibodeau back-to-back weeks. Then play Hanville pretty competitively. And like all in all, it ends up being a 4-3 and three regular season for a bourgeois team who makes the playoffs kind of out of nowhere with Sterling Washington at the helm. Now they're trying to build on those successes, and HL Bourgeois opens up their season with three straight road games and actually five out of six road games to open up the year. So it's a tough start to the year. HL Bourgeois opens up at West Jefferson. That'll be a trip out to the city. You're going to be facing athletes. West Jefferson is, is, you know, they're going to be West Jeff. (laughs) They're going to have athletes all over the field. You're going to have to block them. You're going to have to tackle them. You're going to have to keep them in front of you. That'll be a big test for the Braves to open up the year. West Jeff last year was pretty good. They were four and three. They had some big wins. Um, you know, they hung close with a lot of really talented teams. They played John Eric close, that's a good loss. Played Shaw by close losses by just a point, and then had some big wins. So they were they were sound, they were solid, and that'll be a big challenge for H.L. Bourgeois now, you know, to open up the season. I think it'd be a good litmus test, kind of a measuring stick game to see where the Braves stand. Then they play Ellender. That'll be a big rivalry matchup, and I think that'll be an interesting matchup for both teams, right? Because both teams are kind of in the same boat. Ellender has been making the playoffs and kind of losing in the first round for the last couple of years. H.L. Bourgeois did it last year. Which one of these teams is going to be, you know, more proficient and more able to win that early non district game? I think it's a big one for HL Bourgeois to get past Ellender there. And on the flip side to that, I also think it's a big one for Ellender to try to get past Bourgeois. That'd be a big PowerPoint earning opportunity for the Patriots to beat a 5A opponent. Week four, Bourgeois will take on Terrebonne. It's a road game, right, on paper. It's really not a road game. Both teams play in the same stadium. Um, HL Bourgeois beat Terrebonne last year. And they haven't beaten Terrebonne very many times in the last decade or two. As Gary has had some pretty good terribone teams, and HL Bourgeois have been a little bit down. Terribon's going to be ready for that one. You know, new first-year coach there, they're going to be ready for that one, and I think it's going to be up to Bourgeois to kind of match that energy and match that intensity. Uh, Week five, HL Bourgeois. By the way, I I just told you all this. I'm, I'm just noticing here. I'm going to have to find the Week 1 opponent for H.L. Bourgeois. Everything that I told you was out of order by one game. The West Jefferson game is a Week 2 game. The Ellender game is a Week 3 game. The Terrebonne game is a Week 4 game. They don't have a listed Week 1 opponent. So I'll try to figure that out, and I'll let you all know. So the Terrebonne game that we're talking about is a Week 4 game. Then Week 5, they take on Destrehan. You know what that's going to be. Destrehan's going to be the big river Bear. That's going to be the team that you're going to have to be chasing down. SEC athletes, and you know, the guys who aren't SEC athletes are going to be Sunbelt athletes, and the guys who aren't Sunbelt athletes are going to be Southland athletes. You're going to be facing a team that's going to have upwards of 10, 15, 20 guys who are going to eventually at some point play at the next level. East St. John in week six, that was a game that HL Bourgeois won last year. They're going on the road, playing them in reserve this year. That should be a fun contest. Week seven, HL Bourgeois and Thibodeau. That's going to be at Thibodeau. Chris Dugas tells me that he he really likes his team, man. Not that very many coaches in June say, hey, no, bro, I don't like my team at all. <laughs> of course, everybody has optimism this time of the year, but just looking at what Thibodeau has back, like you get the sense and get the feeling that that optimism is warranted. And hell, we'll have Shane in the next, Shane Trostler in the next segment of the show. We'll ask him a little bit about their football team as well. Get the feeling Thibodeau is going to be pretty good. You know they should be good at the lines of scrimmage. They got some big, you know, big kids coming back. They were kind of young. The skill guys and the running backs are going to be okay. You know, you got a returning quarterback. You got your running back who missed a year because of Ida. He's now back, and from what we understand, he is just a dynamite player in and out of the locker room, makes an impact. So that should be a good test both ways. Thibodeau's in that mode. We had Chris Duga on Saturday on the Sports Corner, brought to you by Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute. And he said, hey, look, man, the last couple years we've been in that rut where, like in week eight, we're having to win games just to make the playoffs. Thibodeau was trying to get out of that situation where now in week eight, hey, we've kind of already secured our spot. We just want to play for seeding now. And one way that the Tigers could accomplish that would be by beating a team like HL Bourgeois in week seven. That would be your prototypical kind of toss-up style matchup. That'll be a good football game between two teams that I think are going to both be pretty good. Week 8, Bourgeois hosting Hanville. Then they wrap up the season. This is kind of unique the way this fell. Kind of lucky break for both teams. HL Bourgeois had a district bye in Week 9, which would have meant that for them to play in Week 9, they would have had to go find a non-district game. Well, as fate would have it, South Terrebonne in our local 4A district also had a district bye in Week 9. So they're able to match up there at the end of the season. So that kind of worked out because if not, you would have maybe been you know, getting on a bus and going to Monroe or Shreveport or something like that, just trying to find anybody that you could find to play a game in week nine. But instead, it's going to be the two parish rivals locking horns. Then in week 10, Bourgeois will take on Central Lafouche. So I think that it's important as we kind of finally recap this schedule now it's going to be important for H.L. Bourgeois to get off to a good start. There are some manageable games there early. We talked about Wes Jefferson, Ellen, they're terrible. And those are some very manageable, very winnable type games. The middle is going to be hell in a handbasket. You got Destran, East St. John, Tibbeton, Hanville all in consecutive weeks. You're probably going to be the underdog in every one of those games. So you better get some wins early to kind of pad your resume just in case the middle part of the season goes awry, and at the end, you got a chance to make a little bit of hay. You're home against South Terrible and you're home against Central Lafouche. Again, those are two games that the Braves realistically could take care of business in. So I think those will be the key for HL Bourgeois. Get off to a fast start and finish it strong because the middle is going to provide some some rough spots probably when you start facing all the River teams all kind of in a row, all kind of consecutively there. So that's the next schedule that we broke down. It's HL Bourgeois. Tomorrow, we're going to give you a rundown of another local team in our area and let you know where they're going to be headed in the upcoming season. Actually, tomorrow, we're going to look at South Lafouche. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Shane Trosclair, the Thibodeau High School baseball coach. His team is coming down the bayou today to take on the South lafouche led Swampland team. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick commercial
2: timeout.
3: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Do Friend building materials. First, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for trusting us to help serve you in these trying times of post-storm recovery, and thank you for your patience during our expansions. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Do Friend difference.
0: You know WeatherBug users when you see them. The umbrellas before the storm. The scarves before the blizzard. The flip-flops before the heat wave. The prepared few. Well, not so few. Over 10 million people use the WeatherBug app for hyper-local weather reports and real-time updates that prepare you for whatever happens next. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug sees the unforeseen to protect you from the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app today for free.
1: It's play-by-play here on KLEB. Hope everybody's having a great morning. We're going to be having three straight call-in guests for the next three segments. We started off with our leadoff hitter for the day. That'll be Shane Trosclair, Thibodeau High School baseball coach. Good morning, man. How are you?
5: Hey, good morning, Casey. You're a leadoff hitter. At 225 pounds and almost 45 years old, I can fly. I can handle it.
1: Well, heck, Ichiro was is getting knocks at 40-plus years old. at a leadoff guy. So, hey, man, it's been done before, right?
5: <laughs> Yeah, each year sure was a God-given talent. I saw you threw 92-mile power off the mound the other day, throwing out the first pitch of a game in full
1: uniform. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it either, man. You said it right, though, God-given talent. You guys are coming off of a season over at Thibodeau High School that was kind of hit or miss at times. You guys were a little streaky, won a few, lost a few, and then were not able to make the playoffs. I know that doesn't sit well with you, man. You had a young group, but I know you had higher expectations. Talk about your previous season, man.
5: Yeah, we didn't fulfill those expectations, and that starts that starts with me. I didn't do a good job of managing our program and getting those guys performing the way they're capable of performing. And um, we had a good meeting yesterday, first meeting of the summer, and we brought those things up. And I apologized to them, and uh, we were re- regrouping and setting new goals and new standards and new expectations and new accountability. Tearing the program inside out and getting ready to get things right, to write the ship, to have a successful year as we return 13 seniors. So um, we, we we looking forward to the new opportunity that the adversities brought us, and we're ready to tackle them head on.
1: Yeah, it's you know that's the one thing about youth, man, is that it does eventually get older. You know, those sophomores and juniors of previous years are now going to be juniors and seniors next year, and I'm sure those kids are awfully hungry and awfully excited to kind of reverse that ship, so to speak.
5: They got the want to and the will to. They just got to have the mentality to stay tough and grind it out, and be able to handle when things don't go well. We didn't do that quite quite well last year. We we let we let uh, adversities um, weaken our mindsets, and it led to snowball errors, or snowball walks, or. Strikeouts looking with runners on third base in less than two outs—little things that add up to having an unsuccessful season, you know. And and but in, and again, um, Todd met with the five seniors we had, um, you know, the last day of the season. I said, guys, I, I know that we did not have the um, the season we kind of wanted to transactionally, um, but did y'all have a good time? Did y'all have fun? And all of them said, like absolutely, coach. It was one of the best years we've had. We thank you for what you did, and and it's what it's all about. You know, it's all about transformation instead of transactional. And I know coaches get judged by wins and losses, and and so forth, and getting to those playoff games, those district championships, and state championships. But said after after 22 years of uh, of doing this and having been where I've been, um, I'll take that transformational part at this part of my career, and I'm I'm happy that I was able to lead them to bigger and better things, and we're
1: looking forward to the future. No doubt, man. And look, the thing of it is, in 5A, there's just no room for error. Like, you know, I, I call, as a play-by-play voice, I call a lot of 4A games, and you see at the bottom of the playoff bracket in 4A, a lot of those teams are, are not very good. In 5A, it's a different deal. The 31 seed in 5A is very capable. Heck, the 32 seed went up and challenged Barb and played a close game with them in the opening round. So there's just no room or no margin for error in 5A at all
5: there's none it's a it's a probably the strongest division in, in in high school baseball and you get to choose between i know Temple high we have thirteen hundred and forty students we have one of the lower five a enrollments almost four a ish so you you're competing with schools with over two thousand kids you know and when you have more more students at your school you have a more male population when you have more male population you may have more baseball population so you're dealing with with bigger bigger student bodies who may have bigger rosters and and then these big cities you know there's a lot of baseball being played in lake charles and New Orleans, and monroe or uh, and baton rouge so you're coming from the bayou dealing with these heavy popper populated you know metropolitan areas it's fun to compete with them and watch them play you know so it is tough, and it's why we're trying to get our kids to see, you know, what, what those schools are being successful with is what we, we need to try to do.
1: So tell me about your, your your kind of game plan or your blueprint for this summer. Some coaches come on here and they say, Casey, man, we you could just take the scoreboard off because we're not paying attention to it. We're going to just play everybody. Whatever happens, happens. If we win, awesome. If we lose, whatever. But I feel like with a group like you all that, you know, lost some close ones and, you know, didn't kind of have the season that you hoped, got a lot back, I feel like the summer is going to be a little bit more important for you all to kind of get that taste of winning and learn how to be successful and kind of learn how to be the big dog in the yard. T- tell us about your, you know, kind of your blueprint for the summer there.
5: Yeah, so a bunch of goals. Uh, one is to uh, to continue to get better. But my main goal is to, de- to develop some depth. Behind our starters last year, we didn't have any depth. And luckily we get all those dudes back one more year. We have 13 seniors, and we're going to have six junior, and we're going to have 16 sophomore, 16 freshmen. So with 51 dudes in the program starting in August, we need to develop depth this summer. And we started doing that last night in our first summer summer ball action where um, I'm not going to throw my, my top three pitchers uh, this summer. They pitch enough in the spring, and they're going to pitch for the Hawks this summer. Um, I'm going to throw the dudes that need to get varsity experience, that need that need to help us win games next spring. And I'm going to do the same thing behind the plate. You know, Arsenal's not going to catch. I got a kid that's going to be a junior that's going to be really good. He's going to catch every game this summer. To be ready to catch every game in the spring. Um, and then I got got four or five dudes that are playing with the Hogs and other other teams in the weekends. Like today, we are going down and play. Um, Play Chandler and them in South LaFouche, and I got some dudes that are going to be with the Hawks today in, in, in Mississippi, and I got some incoming uh, sophomores that are going to pencil right into that lineup and play a varsity game so they can get some varsity experience so they can start providing that um, into our program. And then our third goal uh, is to be around. I just hired a new guy who's going to be our offense coordinator on our baseball team and assistant head coach, and we're going to, we're going to change our offensive approaches But they're going to to be around him. Uh, We met yesterday with him and the team and started going over our new philosophy. So three goals to provide depth, um, to to get a new approach to our coaching staff, and just to get better overall.
1: I applaud you for that, man. You've been doing this a long time. You've won a bunch bunch of games, won a bunch of district championships, and made deep playoff runs. So to to have the the open-mindedness enough to say, hey, man, let's go get an assistant coach here who's going to revamp our offense – a lot of coaches who've been doing it for 20-plus years wouldn't be open-minded enough to that. So kudos to you, man, for making that move.
5: I appreciate it. It's it's about our program and our kids. And I'm fortunate enough that I just completed year 22. And, yeah, I got some wins under the belt and some state tournaments, but it's not about me. It's about our kids. And when you have a season like we had and we weren't successful, then, then it's my fault. And like, how am I, gonna get, I can't let this happen again. I hate to lose. So what can I do to get better? And and that's what we, we went through. And, and three weeks ago, um, our school advertised a physical science opening. And out of the blue at 830 at night after a freshman ball tryout, I get a text message from one of my best friends in life and also best friends in baseball that he wants to get back into education and coaching. And I thought he was joking with me because I offer him a job every year. <laughs> he always turns it down because <laughs> we have lights. And he uh, goes, dude, I'm not joking. Uh, my wife gave me the okay. She sees how much I want to get back at it. So I made things happen in the next 12 hours where he was offered a job teaching and coaching baseball and football to and I'm excited to have him. Uh, I think my wife sees the difference in me in the last three weeks, um, getting, being more spunk and a little bit more active and a little bit more positive because I was down on myself a lot for failing the kids in the program this year. So I look forward to new beginnings and new things, and you know, coaching is about adapting and evolving and getting better every day. So your kids can get better every day, and that's what we're gonna do.
1: Very good, and and that's that's Coach Abady you you're referring to.
5: Yeah, Scott Abady's coming back. He he was the head baseball coach at Timberline High School from 2007 to 2012, um, and he was my assistant coach at Edie White from 2013 to 2017. He was my right hand guy. Um, he's OCD, ADD like me. <laughs> and, and he, He's more hands-on and more breaking down mechanical stuff. I'm more game management, program management. We work well together. It blends in together. And it doesn't change anything with my staff. Um, Jay Carlos is still going to be my hitting coach. He's going to work with, with with Abadie, who's going to be the offensive coordinator guy and assistant head coach. Um, I'm going to coordinate pitching with our pitching coach, Greg Knott, and then we're going to uh, still have Brody Falgo who is our head, our head freshman coach in our Outfield for our program. Brody played for Scott and I, White. He's coming in the year two. And uh, I think our staff is finally where it needs to be with, with five guys instead of four. You know, we, we started going to play schools like Santa Ma. And it was just me and Coach Nacan had a game on the road. And I'm shaking hands with six coaches on the other team. And we're sitting there going, why is the Foose Parish so behind? Like. We're a 5A baseball program, and we only have four coaches, and we have 40-something kids, and it's just not right for the kids. So we were able to go and and get another guy.
1: Very good. Happy to hear that, my friend. Look, before we let you go, man, you're also coaching some football uh, every year. And You know, Coach Dugot came on a couple weeks ago, and he said, hey, man, look, we're excited. We think our offense is going to be much better, and we've got high hopes. And I don't know if you did the spring because of your baseball obligations, but tell us about what you guys got coming back over on the football side of things.
5: Yeah, man. So I'm kind of do guys, Dr. Phil, you <laughs> don't let me go, man. <laughs> uh, I keep hitting us. I'm a varsity baseball coach. I need to go do the freshmen, but uh, I'm honored to, to work under Chris and with our staff and our kids. I'm, I coach the running backs and varsity, but I do a lot of the skill guys for, for practices yeah. where when, when Doogie walks around all over the place and then me and, uh, coach Alcazar, offensive line coach, has the offensive stuff, so we're excited because a lot of these dudes have been starting since their sophomore year and quite honestly, I'm excited because just about all of them play baseball for me, so I get to be around those dudes year-round. You know, Ian's coming back to be our quarterback, and DeMarcus Singleton returned from Texas from the hurricane. He's he's a really special player, so will play out on the slide running back. We got a lot of speed um, on the offensive side of the ball, and we got really good chemistry with the kids, and that's what's most important. I mean, they do everything together. I know yesterday after workouts, they sat in the back of my son's truck and they shaved, all shaved their heads. They all got crew cuts now. <laughs> so <laughs> going into the summer and just those little things that like get, get camaraderie amongst your teammates, that they do well together. So we're excited about it. Our schedule is not easy. We open up against the Lutcher Bulldogs. Um, who return that all everything quarterback and. We, we we go then we get South of Foods with B.J.'s teams always good. You know, we got E. D. White on the schedule, Saint James on the schedule. Then you get entire district with Hanville and Bestrahan and East Saint John. So it's definitely not an easy schedule, but we got the kids and the coaching staff that are willing and able to go and get it and we can't wait.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well look, my friend, we thank you so much for the time and you know, if my afternoon shakes out I may see you a little bit later on at the ballpark, all right?
5: I would love to see you today, man. We having a good, safe trip down to Galliano. I can't wait to see Chandler and the boys, and and we, we look forward to some good Lafouche Parish camaraderie and
1: getting better in baseball. Amen, brother. Take care. Thank you, Casey. Go Tigers. That is Coach Shane Schrutscler doing an excellent job. He has got them guys in position. It was a rough year for them. Look, they Shane's a competitive dude. Shane doesn't like you know not going to the playoffs and all this stuff. But they were young. There are reasons for the shortcomings. They're going to be okay. This this coming year, they're going to be the senior group, and I think they're going to have a really strong year. It's play-by-play. When we get back, we're going to talk to a coach who's kind of on the opposite side of where Coach Shane was. Thibodeau was young last year. They're building up. South Lafouche was a veteran group last year. Now they're starting fresh with a younger bunch. We'll have Darian Jenkins, the girls' basketball coach of the Lady Tarpons, on in the next segment. It's play-by-play on KLEB.
6: It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
7: Yep, is that Tommy? year blue boot rodeo july seven eight and night in grand isle louisiana this rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention this year's fishing rodeo we also have adult kids kayak and we added the offshore division Proceeds from this rodeo go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
6: Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed.
8: feels like home
1: welcome back to play by play here on KLEB Casey just Here here want to thank coach Shane Trost Claire for the time in the last segment of the show now we shift from baseball to girls basketball. We have South Lafouche Girls Basketball coach coach Darian Jenkins on the line. Coach, good afternoon. How are you?
9: I'm good. How are you all?
1: Doing fine, doing just fine. Um you are in the middle of your summer season. You know, you did your tryouts and got your your new team in line. You played a game a couple of days ago, got a win. I know that's got to be good to open up the summer and you know take care of business against a you know parish opponent.
9: For sure. Um Just from when we had tryouts, I mean, I was super excited to be back in the gym. It's definitely a lot different from last season. I mean, we had uh, six or seven seniors last year, and this year we're only looking like two seniors on the roster so far. Um, And we have 10 incoming freshmen, so it's a lot different. We're super young. But, I mean, we went the other day and played against uh, Ed White with uh, Coach Sinax, Out there, we played against them at HL Bourgeois, and the girls did fantastic. I mean, we had only had a few days of practice in, but those girls went on that court ready to play, and it's just awesome to see they're not even that used to each other yet, but just to see how well they played as a team, uh, it's looking great for this uh, summer season coming.
1: And a lot of folks probably don't realize this if they're not familiar with your background. A lot of the kids who are going to be playing predominant roles now are kids that you coached in middle school. And talk about how important that is, you know, to have that familiarity where it's like, yeah, it's going to be some teaching and you're going to have to get them ready for the varsity speed and everything. But the girls by and large are going to kind of know what to expect of you because a lot of them you had at LCO.
9: Right. Um, And when I was at middle school level coaching, I wanted to coach them to the level that I was used to. I mean, I was used to playing at the high school level. I even played in college for a little while. So I knew – um, the difference between middle school and then those levels coming up. So I wanted to prepare them early and get them ready for when they did go to South Lafourche. And luckily, I mean, it happened earlier than I expected that I was able to go to South. So it's great to have these girls back on the court. And I mean, like you said, they're used to um, how I set up practice and the way I'm playing games, they're used to that. I mean, they had a year or so off from me being their coach but I mean they're picking it up just like we left off and it's great Um, just to see the amount of heart and hustle these girls have they're just ready to play so I do think that a a good bit of freshmen are actually gonna see some JV and varsity time this season which is really exciting
1: so tell us about you know the the transition and what I mean by that is okay you know, you're not going to replace what Madison Ryan brought. You're not going to replace, you know, what Ava and Madeline and all the other seniors that you replaced. You're not going to be able to replace that. So how do you get the girls to understand like, okay, just be yourself. Like you don't have to do the stuff that Madison did. You don't have to do all the stuff that Ava did or Madeline or whomever it may be. Just be yourself and play your own game. How do you stress that to them? Um yeah,
9: those seniors last year, there definitely was a great group of girls. And, I mean, I just let the girls know, like, they all, they all know the girls that just left and they know the talent that they had. But, I mean, there's talent in each and every one of these girls on the team. And that's the main focus is to let them know that working as a team is going to be better than any specific player individually. As long as we work as a team, that's what's going to help us to win and bring us to the top. I mean, you can't be selfish playing basketball um, a lot. There are a lot of girls that have more talent. Than others, but I mean, as long as you're putting in the work and you are working hard every day, heart is what trumps talent sometimes. So, I mean, as we can work as a team and just bring each and every person's talent together, I see a great future for us, honestly.
1: Yeah, very well said. And I saw kind of some stats from that first game. Looked like Ellie Lorraine had a big one. I know she's going to be relied on heavily and great kid. I know she's ready for that challenge. A little bit more on her shoulders this year, though.
9: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I've been coaching Ellie since she was in seventh grade at L C O so we're definitely used to each other. Um her freshman year I was still at L C O so she had one year away from me, but right when I got back into coaching her, I mean she's been the same player all the way around and honestly I feel like watching her in that first game and being able to coach her against E. D. White the other night, I just seen a whole different player. I mean last year, not that I mean she definitely came and brought what she had to the table last year, but Honestly, in that first game the other night, I've seen so much more confidence in her. And she just became a team leader, and she's still not even going to be a senior this year, which is even better. But, I mean, she's definitely taking the younger girls under her wing, and she's been a great leader so far, and I can only see it getting better from here on out.
1: Coach, I got to tell you, you know, one of the things that we do over the summer is we kind of follow some AAU basketball and some different things of the sort just to kind of pass the time and have something to do. There are some really, really good youth girls basketball programs in our area. I know Damien's got a great one with his fifth grade team with The Flash. There are some others across LaFouche. And I know that you're not going to see a lot of these kids for another couple of years. As heck, they're not even in middle school yet in many cases. But to know that there's a whole lot of talent that's going to be coming up in the next three, four, five years, that's got to make you happy to know that, hey, man, that foundation is laid. We got some girls that are, that are hooping here on this bayou. Oh,
9: definitely. It's so exciting. And, I mean, I do follow them through Facebook and everything. I'm hoping to go to a game soon. Um, Just knowing that these girls coming up, they're so young and they have so much talent already and they're doing amazing things. And Damien's working with them and it's going great. So as long as he keeps working with them, getting them ready to uh, finally come to my level in the next few years, I mean, it's so exciting to just hear that these girls are coming back into it. Because for a while, I mean, the basketball program down here for girls was kind of getting slim. I mean, the girls were taking some time off. And even this year on our team, we have a few girls coming back that have taken two or three years off. So it's great. Even some girls that I have uh, coached at LCO there took off a few years when they went to high school and they're coming back. So it's awesome. I mean, they're definitely out of shape. (laughs) You can tell at (laughs) practice. But we're working on it, and we're going to have them right by the time the season starts.
1: Very, very good. And, and Coach, you know, Talk about you know what you learned in your first year as a varsity head coach. There's always th- you know things and lessons that, that you know you could you could kind of dream and daydream and picture what it's going to be like, but then whenever it actually happens, there are always some things that pop up. What was year one like for Darian Jenkins at South LaFouche, and what were some lessons that you learned in your first years of varsity head coach?
9: No, oh, so many lessons, honestly, from going uh, from the middle school level to high school. I knew it was going to be different, and I knew the speed of the game was going to be tremendously different, which it definitely was. But, I mean, I've learned so much uh, just from playing from my own experience to now coaching. It's definitely really different. But um, I've seen so many things, like just by coaching the girls, and honestly they teach me some things. Like there's stuff that I never would have thought of that they come out and ask me and i got to do my research on and we make it work. So um, definitely last year we uh, continued in that help man defense. And honestly, I think that's going to be a key again this year. So we're going to start from day one and just keep working on that because there are a lot of teams that we played last year that were super quick. And, I mean, we were quick too, but they just had some teams that were out hustling us. So I definitely – I had the job at the end of last season – at the end of the summer last year. So being able to have the girls from the the beginning of the summer this year, I think it's going to help us out a lot. Getting those girls in the gym and conditioning them from here – throughout the season is going to be great to have them in even more um, condition than they were last season so that's super important and I mean just continuing to learn each and every day as a coach you can never know everything so I listen to coaches that have been there I watch a lot of videos and whatnot so I do my research for sure so hopefully I can become an even better coach than I was last year and just continue every year
1: yeah very good Um... Coach, in terms of your schedule, you know, last year you guys played a pretty tough one, and, and look with good reason. You had a big senior group, and you had a team that could go out and, and you know win a, a ton, a ton of games. This year, it's a little bit of a younger group. Did you kind of dial that back, or is it a situation where you're going to say, "Hey, we're going to use this non-district and see what we're made of, see what we've got to get better at?"
9: Yeah, that's pretty much it. We uh, we definitely have a, are going to see a lot of teams that we saw last year, and I know a lot of teams that we have played last year didn't lose as many seniors as we have, but I mean. These girls got to be ready for everything. I didn't want to just schedule games that I knew it would be close or we would have a for-sure win. Like, I want these girls to see what it's like um, against the best teams that we're going to play and against some teams that might be a little bit easier. I just need them to be ready for any competition that we go up against. And that's what we've been preparing for at practice. I mean, I don't take hit light on them at all. I love the girls, but, I mean, I'm not going to go soft on them. So I'm going to continue going hard, and it's just going to make them stronger.
1: Did you get your whole staff back, or did you make any coaching revisions or additions that, that we need to know about?
9: Um, coach Elizabeth Kuro uh, is coming back. Um, coach Brooke Travis actually is having her third baby. So we talked about it the other day, and she thinks it's best to step down. So I will be looking for another assistant coach coming up soon.
1: Okay, very good. And Coach, uh, give us a rundown in, in terms of you know your day-to-day. I know last year you were at Alco. I've been hearing that there's a possibility that you may be actually at South LaFouche next year. Are you going to be on campus or are you going to have to stay another year at the middle school?
9: I have been waiting for a long time. But, yes, I have finally got the call Tuesday that I will be accepting um, a PE position at South LaFouche. So I will be at South with the girls next year.
1: That's got to be a relief because, look, you never made an excuse last year, but I know it's hard. I know it's hard to be a varsity coach and then not be on the same campus with the girls and, you know, it's game day and you're not walking the halls with them. I know that was tough. So tell us, you know, that's got to be a big weight off of your shoulders knowing, hey, you're going to be there and you're all going to be under the same roof.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm
9: super excited. And, I mean, this has always been the plan. It just didn't work out in the right order that I thought it would just because I got the job at the end of the summer last year, so I was already committed to L C O But, I mean, it's crazy that everything just worked out and fell into place. I'm super excited to be with the girls every day at school. It definitely was a challenge last year to not be with them. I mean, I even didn't know if some of my girls were at school on game day, so I had to send out emails. And then finally I got put on the um, absentee list that I would get it to know if my girls were there to make sure everything was good. But I think next year um, is just going to be a little bit more easier on my shoulders. I'm super excited for that. And to top it off that I'm teaching PE, that's even better.
1: (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Last question before we let you go, Coach. There are whispers, and this is not 100% yet, but there are whispers that you are going to get your gym back at some point in the next year. Man, the thought of playing a home game in the tank fires me up, so I know it's got to fire you up as well to know that that may be possible.
9: Most definitely, just because I remember how – hype everything was when you play a home game at Salafoosh and when I got the job that's kind of what I was most excited about to have my first home game as a head coach like just to feel that excitement again from back when I was in high school I mean it's the same excitement all the way around and whenever the storm came and messed everything up I was super upset but I mean hopefully they can pull this through and have our gym ready for the season I would be super excited even just to practice in would honestly make me happy but just to have a game in there would be even better so we can only hope and pray that everything works out the way
1: it should very well said look coach we thank you so much for the time we'll chat again soon okay
9: sounds good thanks
1: yep that is coach darian jenkins doing a good job with the lady tarpons they had a really really senior heavy group right but now they've got kind of a younger less experienced group don't write them off it's the only thing i'm gonna tell you don't write them off they're going to have the opportunity to win some games They're going to play hard. They're going to be well coached. They're going to be okay. They're going to win some. You know, there are a lot of folks that are, you know, kind of down. Oh, man, what's it going to look like? Just wait and see. Just wait and see. That's my only message for y'all. Just wait and see. It's play by play here on Kaylee B. We're going to catch a break when we get back. We're going to Nichols State University. We're going to talk with James Schilling, their golf coach, about. All the madness going on in the PGA Tour, man, like the world of golf is kind of in disarray. We'll ask Coach chilling about that in the next segment of the show, but we'll be right back after this.
0: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and
2: K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the rage in Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM.
3: We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Yep, it's that time of year,
7: Blue Boot Rodeo, July seven, eight, and night in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's activities for the rodeo on Friday, we have DJ Frozen. We also have a Cornhole Tournament, followed by shorts in December. Saturday, we have Bingo and Mimosas, DJ Frozen again. Rough and Ready, we have our awards, a live auction. And closing it out, we have Junior Lacrosse from 8 to 11. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7th, eight, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
6: guaranteed
8: when you order curbside pickup on the new rousers shopping app you pay the same price for groceries as in store and you get free pickup on all orders 35 dollars or more download the new rousers shopping app on the app store or get it on google play place your order choose your curbside pickup time and your Rouse's markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car it's just that easy Rouse's markets feels like home
0: home health services in south la bush are vital right now look no further than lady of the sea home health for the sick the elderly and the homebound our caring staff makes each day a little brighter a little better with quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you.
1: Two for two so far. We've had two really good call-in guests. We had Shane Troskler in the first call-in segment. We had Darian Jenkins in the second call-in segment. Both did an excellent job. Let's go three for three. We've got Nichols golf coach, Coach James Schilling on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are you today?
10: Good afternoon, Casey. It's good to be on the show.
1: Absolutely, my friend. You guys are in the middle of your summer. You guys are polishing some things up, getting ready for your fall season uh, do you have a lot of the kids on campus, or is it a situation where they just kind of scatter and go home, do their own thing? Give us a rundown of what the summer looks like for Nichols Golf.
10: They're scattered right now with the guys that we have returning, and you know, and actually with the new guys coming in uh, that haven't been on campus yet, but they're all playing a full summer schedule, uh, practicing, and they're all back at home now you know, with their parents, and, and uh, but they are doing a good bit of traveling. and. Develop our players are playing in a lot of amateur events, so that's that's really good for them to see and hope they'll keep their games in good shape, their skill level up. So when they come here and arrive back in the fall and August, we'll be able to hit the ground running.
1: So how does that work? Because you know I know that you know there are certain periods where you guys can't really do a whole lot or whatever as a team, and you know like in. I'm trying to think of of an example like LSU football can't just practice year round like there are dead periods and certain things like that. But how does it work for golf? You know, if like let's just say Ryan O'Neal is playing over the summer and he, you know, skypes and says, "Hey, coach, look at my swing. Check it out." Like, are you able to instruct him? Like, how does that work?
10: Yeah. Well, typically uh, players are going to call you anyway just to kind of you know check in and see how they're doing and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of those guys have their own swing instructors. They may want a tip or two over the phone or something like that. But to say that they're on campus here, uh, they really don't do a whole lot of that during the summer. You you don't really have a whole lot of that. Typically, they're going to take advantage of their summertime to play a lot of golf. Not really, they're going to do some practice and stuff like that. But it's a lot of playing because they don't have the academic requirements on them. So they're going to do a lot of traveling and stuff like that and make some make some minor tweaks, but um it's not like you're going to be doing huge huge swing changes yeah because that can take multiple multiple months and we still only have like three months and they'll be back here in august basically we're already in june so at this point small small little maintenance things that they may work on or call me about or stuff like that but they're all playing a lot of golf
1: yeah very good Spain, France, Canada with such an international roster, man, keeping up with these guys and, and managing the time zone differences and everything. That's a chore in and of itself, man.
10: It is. It is. And we're going to have, uh, you know, we have a former player coming in that was prepped at Vanderbilt Catholic is in the Woodlands area now. So we have an, uh, a, a local, a local product coming in with Zach Morvant, and we've got, um, another player, a national player, Felix Fernandez coming in. who's an American citizen. So, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, next semester. Again, we, we did not have anyone go into the transfer portal. No one went into the portal at all. Nice. Um, so we have, so we have all the players coming back. Uh, you saw how improved the team was last year. Uh, we do have to do uh, get a little more depth in there. And I know that we definitely added that with, the, with those two additional players. Well, uh, the player that we graduated was Liam Bryden and, uh, we, appreciate the time that Liam had with us but he's graduated and moved on to the next phase of his life and that'll open up the two slots for the other two players that we have coming in so uh we already know how good we were from say number 1 2 and 3 uh and then now with the depth that we have and the maturity with the players that are all returning I'm 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 looking forward to the year. I think we're going to be very competitive just like we were last year
1: very good coach one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on is Man, it's such a transitional period in the sport right now. You know, the PGA Tour is kind of phasing, not phasing out, but kind of moving beyond the Tiger and Phil and Vijay and Ernie Els era, molding new stars. While that's happening, there's a new tour that's forming, and, you know, they're trying to pluck players away, and Greg Norman says it's free agency in golf, and Dustin Johnson's going on over there, Charles is going on over there, Kevin Na, um, and the tours come out and said, "Hey, if you go there, like you're not coming back." So, what do you make? Like this is such an interesting period in golf history.
10: You know, uh, in, in today's media climate, we all love we all love a good story, you know, and we love a little controversy. And this was more than a little controversy. This is something that we that we haven't seen before. Uh, you basically had two tours. You've had the PGA Tour. Remember. Uh, For our listeners out there, the PGA Tour does not control the majors. So your four majors every year, your British, the Masters, the PGA Championship, and the U.S. Open. The PGA Tour does not control or run those events. The PGA Tour runs like your Zurich Classic, the Houston Open, the Players' Championship, and the Tour Championship, the FedEx Cup, at the end, okay? So... We need to separate that right away. And the, the reason we need to separate that is the players that you've mentioned that have left and that are not going to play are, are choosing to play in the Live Golf Tour, which is Greg Norman's golf tour, the more world tour. You have to remember they may be suspended. We don't know what's going to happen if they're going to be allowed to play in PGA Tour events going forward. Okay, so that the devil's in the details, like everything else. You know, this is still kind of taking shape. We do know that they've been warned and they've been refused the ability to play in those events. So, I mean, like Dustin Johnson asked for a waiver to go play in these other events overseas. He was not granted that. They haven't been granted the waivers to go to another tour. Okay? So now... What's going to happen if they try to come back? If they try to, if they would want to play like at the Zurich Classic or, or like the regular PGA Tour events, you know, the, the Pebble Beach Pro Am and all that kind of stuff. We don't know what's going to happen there.
1: That's what we do
10: know. What, what we what we do know is we know why the people are doing it. Yes. If you go and look at it, so all the names that you mentioned, Ian Poulter. Uh, Schwartzel, you know, a lot of these guys are getting around 40 years old, okay? And what you have to remember is every year when you're on the PGA Tour, which is the highest level, there's a new crop of kids from college coming out. There's a new crop of players from the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the event over at Lafayette and Lake Charles. That's the level right below the PGA Tour. So your top players from that, like, say, if you you compare it to baseball, AAA-level tour, those guys are coming on the tour. So it's extremely, extremely difficult to keep your PGA Tour status every year unless you're just one of the top, top players. Now, the money is really good on the PGA Tour. But think about this. If you're a guy like Peter Uyghain, I'll use him for example. He's 32 years old. He was a hotshot guy, coming out of college. He really doesn't have any status on the PGA Tour right now. He doesn't have a whole lot of – he has some on the Corn Ferry, the AAA. But remember, your, your purse has dropped tremendously from, say, the event at the Zurich to the one in Broussard at Le Triomphe or over in Lake Charles. He can leave a place where he has very little status and go to the Greg Norman's Tour, this new world tour, the Live Golf Tour and be one of 48 players, think about this, 48 to 50 players, there's no cut, so you're guaranteed to get paid, basically, and the purses are $25 million. Well, think about that. If you're Ian Poulter, or if you're some of these other guys that play what's called the, the former European Tour, so the equal tour to the PGA Tour, but it's in England. Your total purse may be with a full field, so you're talking 144 players. You're cutting it in half, so 72 will get paid. A lot of your events, the total purse is two million for 72 players. Now, this World Golf Tour, you can basically have guaranteed access to, and it's 48, 46 to 50 players, and the total purse is 25 million. I think you see why
1: people are making the move. I, there's no doubt about that. You know, if you're, and there are reports that Dustin Johnson got a hundred plus million dollars front to make the leap. You know, he's 37. Figure he's got seven, eight years of really quality, you know, playing left in him. He'd have to make 12, 13, 14 million dollars a year on the PGA Tour to amount to that, and that's not counting the earnings that he's going to get in the actual tournaments itself. So, coach, the kind of the next question I have is. Look, everybody's always afraid of the unknown, right? Like, it's hard to make a change and go to something that you don't have never seen before. Like, we've never seen a live golf tournament. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know if it's going to be around three, four, five years from now. If they start having their inaugural events and things are going pretty well and it looks okay and, you know, the the money's true and it's good, do you think more players are going to make the leap? I
10: do. So right now, if you look at the total field list of those 50 or whatever players, if you and there's nothing wrong with this you have like Turk Tdit Tur- a young man like Turk Tdit okay he played at Clemson he won the NC he was the NCAA individual champion last year out of Clemson he's going straight to the live tour he's gonna make millions of dollars instead of doing what going to qualifying school then having to go to the corn ferry route where if you win a tournament you're gonna maybe get hundred twenty thousand dollars if you win if you just make the cut you're four, five, six, eight thousand for the week, that this changes his life. Even if he's only out there for one year and gets bumped out, he's gonna make three, four million dollars. Remember the purses are twenty five million. There's no cut. So it, the outlier is a guy like Dustin Johnson. So this world golf tour that we're talking about, the ride that's rivaling the PGA Tour, remember they can pay a, they can pay a appearance fee money. The PGA tour doesn't do that. So you're getting money, just like you mentioned, for Dustin Johnson to show up. He's just going to get money just to join the tour. Then he's already – he's probably the best player on the tour. You know, he's really, really good. O'Shazen's good, too. But he's only – Johnson's only 37. So with all of this, the outlier, the guy that doesn't really fit the model is Dustin Johnson. But politically, if you go backwards, remember, he was suspended by the PGA Tour. For whatever reason, that's not for me to say. No one knows. But he was suspended. So there's probably no love lost between him and the PGA Tour. So you know what he says? He has plenty of money already. He can get $12 million or whatever just for joining the Tour. And he knows he's going to make probably another $10 million a year at least because he's better than all those guys right now because he's younger. He's one of the top players in the world. So... It comes down to personal preference. Do you want to be on TV? Do you want to be in the limelight? Dustin Johnson's not really like that. He has his friends. He has his close group. He's basically like, I can make the same amount of money with less headache and don't have to deal with the politics of PGA Tour that he obviously doesn't care for a whole lot. So is it easy? it's easy for a guy like him to make the move. And then guys that are getting older, you think guys like Poulter or Ustazen, they don't want to go and have to fight with these guys on the PGA tour just to make cuts. To make the cut. They don't want to do that. I go against 24, 23 year old guys that have club head speed that's and, and bodies that don't have the wear and tear. They're just gonna to go to this other tour. Sergio's doing the same thing, you know, you have a lot of you have a lot of names. I think it's gonna be successful. I think it's going to grow the game. The the game's already growing. And whether I'm taking the politics out of this and who's backing it with the Saudis and all that. I'm talking. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking pure golf. I think it's going to grow the game. I do because it's going to be more people on TV. It's going to be more events to watch. It's more places for the players and for the for the junior golfers coming up to go to, and to make a living. And if there's more ways to make money and make a living at playing golf, how can the game not grow?
1: Yeah. No, I think you're exactly right, man. I think that you're removing some of the negative out of it and seeing it objectively and I think that you know you're just calling it like it is I think the sport is definitely going to grow now one of the guys we were expecting to maybe see on the list of entrants into the first live golf tournament was Phil Mickelson he's not on the list he's just kind of on this hiatus said some controversial things and there are all sorts of rumors about you know some things that he may be having going on like when we next see Phil will it be in the PGA Tour or will it be in the live golf tour in your opinion
10: I think it'll be on the live. I think it'll be on the live golf tour. I would think. Um, remember, we have to we have to work backwards with this whole Phil situation. We have to we have to kind of
7: un,
10: un, un, unwind the yo-yo, if you will. Remember, we had the split with his longtime caddy, yeah, Jim Mackay. So we had that already. There is obviously a reason behind that and people can research that if they choose to. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. I have a good understanding of what it is and, w- and what it's all about. And there, means, there could be the chance, possibly, for reasons that if we may look up or not or want to investigate or not, I'm sure Phil does like the limelight, but maybe Phil still needs to play. Maybe he need, Maybe he still needs the money. Or maybe he just wants to make money as much as he can. So remember taking all the all the media reports and uh, the personal things that are coming out about Phil and how he handles his personal life take that out of the equation. What does it get down to? Phil's 51 years old. Okay? Can he go compete day in and day out with the with those with the young kids, the younger players on the PGA Tour? He can't. Can he compete on the senior tour? Sure, he can go to Biloxi at the Rappascan they just had at uh, Grand Bear and he can maybe even win it, and he'll win 200000 Or can he go to the live, this, this new tour, get appearance fee money, and probably make five to $6 million a year? I mean, what are you going to do? Now, some people, because of who's backing the Saudi influence behind the tour, they are not going down that road. You, you know, you see guys that are very outspoken. A lot of the guys that are very outspoken are guys like Rory McIlroy. I'm going to stick with the PGA Tour. That's who's made us blah, 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 blah. Well, that's fine for Rory to say that. But if you remember, Rory has millions of dollars <laughs> and is already right. <laughs> he's financially. And he's one of the best players on the PGA Tour, and he has all these sponsors. You know, there was a big thing about Dustin Johnson losing his RBC membership because he was overplaying in this Saudi golf league. Do you think he cares about losing one sponsor when he can get $12 million appearance fee and just and whip and just whip the field because he knows he's one of the best players? So, look, look, I'm not a moralist here. I'm talking just strictly golf-related. A lot of the people doing the talking on the PGA Tour are financially set, okay? And the same people throwing stones, if they were in a position like the young man coming out of Clemson, Kirk Pettit, and could go make two to three million dollars immediately and change his life, or go scrap it out on the Corn Ferry tour and try to get on the PGA tour. You know, if 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 the new tour fails, it fails. But they're probably gonna give it four or five years to make it go. If you can go make ten million dollars, eleven million dollars in that meantime, you can always come back to the PGA tour unless they ban you going forward. But I think the PGA tour would be foolish to ban. Because if you're excluding people, how's it going to grow your brand? Yeah, PGA Tour is about growing a brand. It's a brand, just like the NFL. And they want the best collection of talent possible to put on the best experience when you go to an event or watch it on TV or whatever you do. And one of the, the main reasons I think it's going to work, remember, the PGA Tour doesn't control the major championships. It doesn't. So you, st- you can still get to see those
5: players possibly play.
10: So – uh, you know, the PGA Tours has, has had its way and they've done what they wanted for a long time because they were the only game in town. Let's face it, okay? Sometimes when you have competition, that's good. It's good for everybody. It's good to grow the game. It's good for people to maybe be a bit more appreciative on both sides. I mean, I, I see nothing wrong with this except for politically and how you may view those that are backing the new golf league and, and what they stand for. But taking that out of the equation, providing more opportunities for people to make a living, a good living, a career-changing living with the game of golf, how would that not grow the game?
1: Fascinating stuff, Coach. Look, we could do an entire show on this stuff, and we're going to talk with you throughout the summer as all this stuff starts to shake out. We thank you so much for the time, man. Really good stuff.
10: Fantastic. Fantastic. Enjoy being on play-by-play. We'll talk to you
1: soon. Yes, sir. That is Coach James Schilling with Nichols Golf. This all is – there's so many layers to this. He talked about the money that could be made. Those guys are going to go over there and make a killing. Talked about the political ramifications, which leads to maybe losing sponsors and moral issues. It's a fascinating topic, not even just for a golf fan. It was like you don't have to like golf to be paying attention to this. Like, just imagine if another league just opened up and said, hey, we're starting our own basketball league and we're going to go and sign, you know, not not LeBron James because, you know, Dustin Johnson isn't the LeBron James of golf. We're going to sign Damian Lillard. People would have eye bu- – you know, that people would, would not just roll their eyes at that. They would be paying attention to that want to know what that's about. That's what's happening in golf right now. Talk about WWE versus AEW and wrestling. Golf now has an AEW. Golf now has a secondary league that's starting to take talent. I am fascinated at how this is going to work. It's play-by-play. Play. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll preview the Hattiesburg Regional here on KLEB.
2: When your blood pressure is high and your amperage is low, have your batteries charged here and watch yourself go on the Rage and Cajun, 1600 AM and 102.7 FM.
6: It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
1: you have a pest back to Play by Play here on Kaylee B. Oh, man, we, I'm still fired up. We just had a great, great segment with Coach James Schilling talking about the ins and outs of the Saudi Golf Tour, the Live Golf Tour, and how it's going to affect the PGA Tour and some good stuff. You're going to want to catch that one in the archives. And Coach Schilling and I are going to continue to speak on this topic as the the you know Live Golf Tour gets rolling and, and we kind of see how this all starts to evolve. LSU is going to be playing some college baseball this weekend in the Hattiesburg Regional. The Tigers are going to be... Matched up with uh, number one Southern Miss, number four Army. Those two teams will be facing one another in the opening round. LSU will be matched up with Kennesaw. The Tigers are going to be taking on Kennesaw on tomorrow at six o'clock. Um, Southern Miss and Army will be playing an afternoon game. So I've been asked a lot. Hey, tell me about Kennesaw. Hey, what do they do well? What should LSU be worried about? Kennesaw could swing it. Okay, you know they've got they've got a good offense. They've got a very prolific offense. They have hit. 67 home runs this season as a team they bat 301 they steal a lot they've got 49 stolen bases um they got some really good prolific hitters Josh Hatcher is a really good hitter for them 13 home runs 55 RBI 3.86 average Donovan Cash 3.56 average they could swing the bats right uh you look at their schedule in their conference they were 19 and 11 they're 35 and 26 overall there are a lot of games there where they're scoring 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 runs. But here's the problem for Kennesaw is that their pitching is not any good. So the challenge for them is going to be if they want to have any chance in the regional this weekend, their team, their team ERA, by the way, is 6.08. That's atrociously bad. If they want to have any chance this weekend, They've got to stay on schedule. Because they've got a couple of frontline guys, a couple of weekend starters who, you know, have an ERA of like 4, 4.2, and they're okay. But if they get into that loser's bracket and have to start burning through some guys, their bullpen and their middle, there are some dudes here that are bad. ERAs of 7.8, ERAs of 8.1, ERA of 8.36 with a whip of 2.1. So, like, If Kennesaw stays on schedule, they've got an outside snowball's chance, but I think they're a weak three seed. I think that LSU really got done a favor here. Like, for instance, Southeastern is in a regional, and they're a four seed. I think Southeastern's a better team than Kennesaw is. These guys give up runs by the droves. Their team ERA is 6.08. Their team WHIP is 1.53, which means they're giving up a base runner and a half every inning. They've given up 75 home runs this season. <laughs> um, it's just hard for me to envision a team as talented as LSU is not hitting the cover off of the ball and not scoring 12, 13, 14 runs tomorrow and cruising past Kennesaw in that opening round game. It's baseball. It's a single game. Anything can happen, but I just think the Tigers outslug these dudes and scored double-digit runs and get the win. Southern Miss is kind of the different team here in that spectrum. Yeah, they hit some home runs. They've hit 77 on the season. That's pretty good. They've got a do who has 20 home runs. That's Christopher Sargent. They got a bunch of guys who have double digit home runs, but they're not a prolific offensive team. Their team average is 283. Uh their team on-base percentage is 385. Those are all okay. They don't run at all. They only got 29 stolen bases the whole year. Southern Miss survives in having a great pitching staff. They are limiting opponents to a 2.28 average. They've limited opponents to just 32 home runs on the year. They limit opponents to let's see, a 300 on-base percentage. So Southern Miss really does well of keeping you off base, keeping you off balance, getting maybe an early lead, and then just kind of having you chase your tail all game. Their team ERA is 3.16. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pitchers with an ERA under three, which is incredibly good. You you combat that or counteract that with Kennesaw State, who has zero pitchers with an ERA under three. Kennesaw only has one guy with an ERA under four. Southern Miss has arms and arms and arms. They've got a lot of guys. Hunter Riggins, you know, Hurston Waldrip, Tyler Stewart. They've got guys all up and down their bullpen. Their closer, Landon Harp, is really good with an ERA of 2.27. Dalton Rogers is a guy in their bullpen. Six saves on the year. He's got an ERA of 1.67. Batting average of just or 100, oh, 104 against him. Southern Miss is not going to be no easy out nor cupcake. They're going to be very difficult for LSU to beat. But I don't know that they're going to be SEC talented, right? Southern Miss is... Predominantly played inferior competition to SEC competition this year. They're 43-16 and on the year. You know, they played Mississippi State in a midweek. Mississippi State's awful. They played Alabama in a midweek. Alabama wasn't one of the top teams in the conference. Played Ole Miss. Beat them. Ole Miss wasn't one of the top dogs in the conference. So while they have won a bunch of their SEC games that they've played, they also lost to Ole Miss later on in the year. They haven't faced, like, the biggest of the big dogs yet. So I think that this is going to be, I think LSU will be the best team that Southern Miss will have played all year. If you look at the schedule, there's not a whole lot of top-flight, top-level competition here, and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, they played Dallas Baptist, Southern Miss did, and got swept. Dallas Baptist is one of the, you know, their NCAA tournament team annually. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. If the Tigers win on Saturday or on Friday, they're likely to be playing Southern Miss on Saturday. Southern Miss got to take on Army in that opening round game. If the Tigers lose on Friday against Kennesaw, they'll likely be playing Army on Saturday. But LSU, I think they've got to stay ahead of schedule. Much like Kennesaw, right? Kennesaw has to keep their pitching intact. You can't go deep into the bullpen. LSU doesn't have enough arms to play five or six games. You know, you get into that loser bracket, you lose your first game. You got to beat Army, then you got to beat you know, likely Kennesaw, then you got to beat Southern Miss twice. Like They're not equipped to play five games in a weekend and have a lot of success. So they've got to stay ahead of schedule. They've got to win those early bracket games, put themselves in a good position. And then what happens after that is you're chasing teams that are facing, you know, your opponents who are going to have worn out and tired pitching, and it puts your offense as an advantage. So that's the Hattiesburg Regional. That takes place tomorrow, opening round game, LSU 6 o'clock. Can't wait to see it. Let's catch a break here on Play by Play. When we get back, I've got three betting picks for you all, and I've also got a couple of headlines that we're going to take a peek at in the world of sports. It's KLEB. It's Play by Play. We'll be right back after this.
6: It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
7: The other day... So- Someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call Terminex and the Bayou Boys Dan and Billy Foster. They'll be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough.
2: feels like home. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Oh, are you ready?
6: 2022
3: is the summer of tiger rag magazine tiger rag pick up a copy of tiger rag magazine and take lsu sports with you wherever your travels take you i love
2: this time of year
6: by the pool at the beach or wheels up to your favorite vacation
3: getaway it's the summer of tiger rag magazine this summer best thing ever tiger rag magazine on newsstands and connecting with you at tigerrag.com
1: Popeye's is a new look, but will have the same great-tasting, famous Louisiana chicken. Immediate job openings are available, and job training is immediately available. Apply online at workstream.com popeyes or stop by the Popeye's LaRose location at 13952 West Main for on-site interviews. Listen here for updates on opening date, which is coming soon. That's Popeye's Louisiana Chicken.
9: you
1: mean mean pride. time flies when you're having fun man i just got here and we've already just got like five minutes left it's play by play let's get you your betting picks really quick i like the atlanta braves today to cover the one minus 146 money line ian anderson will take care of business he keeps the ball down he's going to keep the ball out of that jet stream out in colorado and atlanta's going to get the win today I like the Dodgers covering the run line today against the Mets, minus one and a half. The Dodgers just got swept by the Pirates, made me look like a complete and utter idiot. Over, you know, I gave them props on Monday. Oh, the Dodgers are the weekend W. They played so good. And get swept by the Pirates, make me look like a fool. I do still think the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. I think that they're going to rebound. Maybe we're looking ahead to the Mets a little bit. Tony Gonsolin on the mound has been excellent. I think the Dodgers take care of business there. And then we go to the NBA Finals. Remember, Game 1 is tonight. Shame on me to didn't even really talk about Game 1. I think that it's going to go over 213.5 in Game 1. Boston is good defensively, but Golden State really isn't. (laughs) And I think that the Golden State is going to want to push the pace, get up and down the floor. And I think that this one's going to go over 213.5 Give me not necessarily a shootout, but give me like, you know, 111 to 107 type of thing. I think it'll go over. And I think that um, if you ask me to pick a winner, I say Golden State takes care of business in game one. But, y'all, I'm telling you, like, this is not going to just be Golden State in four. Like, everybody is completely riding off Boston. The Celtics swept the Nets. Like, they are capable of slowing down a high paced offense. They beat the Nets, they beat the defending champions. They beat a very good Miami team while battling injuries throughout the series. Vegas knows Boston's only a four-point underdog on the road, which tells you you know, they say home court advantage matters three and a half, four points, which means if this were a neutral site game, it'd be even money. It'd be a complete and utter toss-up. These teams are more evenly matched than we realize. But I'll go Golden State in game one. I think it's going to take a little while for Boston to shake out the jitters. They've never really been in the finals with this core group. Very quickly, looking at some of the headlines, Ryan Fitzpatrick announces today that he will retire from the NFL. The longtime journeyman quarterback played 11 seasons. He was 39 years or is 39 years old, retiring after a long, lengthy career. Man, whenever he was right, you know, he fought some injuries and stuff, right? But whenever he was right, he had a rocket of an arm and he actually kind of got better as his career got older. Some sad news: Former Dallas Cowboys running back Marion Barber has died tragically at age 38. They found him dead in his home yesterday. The cause of the dead is not yet known; uh, it is being investigated by police. Um, I I sure hope, and you know, the reason why I'm even mentioning this is because Barber has been arrested several times since his retirement from the NFL. And they have been, you know, doing some psychiatric testing on him. And, you know, he hadn't been well for a while. And you hear all the stuff about CTE and brain injuries and the things that it makes you do. Marion Barber played a violent brand of football, lowering his head and dropping his shoulder. Like, he did not shy from contact. He welcomed it. And when you see a guy who played like that die tragically at age 38, just makes you wonder man it just it just makes you wonder LeBron James is a billionaire per Forbes congratulations to LeBron good lesson if you're a talented enough phony you could still be a billionaire even as a phony that's my congratulations to LeBron James on becoming the NBA's first billionaire the Golden State Warriors are the betting public favorite to win the NBA championship I'm not surprised at that I'm not surprised to hear that there's far more money being wagered on the Warriors than Boston just keep in mind as we have said now several times the reason why casinos make money the reason why sports books make money the reason why you never see a casino go under is because the pub- the public is usually wrong <laughs> what the public usually agrees on is usually not right so this idea that oh all the money's on golden state that could just mean that all the money is going to be wrong just saying Tom Brady said yesterday that he felt pressure to return to the Tampa Bay Bucks because of NFL free agency. Tom Brady said he was uh, always on the fence and was never 100% sure about retiring, but then opted to come back out of retirement because he wanted to allow the Bucks the opportunity to better their roster knowing that he would be on board. Brady's going to be 45 years old playing next season, fresh off of a season at age 44 where he threw for 5,000-plus yards passing the guys. Absolutely ridiculous. Brittany Griner, still detained in Russia, is able to communicate with family and friends through email and letters during her detainment in Russia. Griner has been in custody for 105 days, and all of the folks in um, the United States are up in arms, and rightfully so in in a way, I guess, you know, because – Look, she had, like, weed on her. You know, you probably shouldn't be detained for long periods of time for that. But, you know, as we've said here, and it's an unpopular opinion, and if this offends you, I'm sorry. When you go to someone else's house, you got to follow their rules. She knows in Russia they are very intolerant to marijuana, and she brought it there and was using it anyway. When you're at someone else's home, you are at the mercy of them and their rules, and Griner made a big mistake. Do I think that she should be free? Yeah. But I'm not in Russia. I'm not running the Russian government. She is now at their mercy because of a mistake that she and only she made. Yeah, I think it sucks but I'm not the Russian government. They have their own sets of rules and regulations and restrictions, and they think that it's a more severe crime than we do here in the United States. Knowing that she shouldn't have brought it there. It was arrogant on her part. And now she's paying the big penance for that crime. We're going to wrap up right here. We thank Shane Trosclare. We thank Darian Jenkins. We thank James Schilling. Today's going to be one you're going to want to go back and listen to in the archives. We've had a great time and a great show tomorrow, our Friday show, Chandler Guitros, Damien St. Pierre, uh, weekend predictions. We'll talk some NBA. We'll talk some wrestling. We'll talk all that and more. You've been listening to Play by Play. This is Casey Gisclair signing off and wrapping up here on KLEB.
0: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.